So this morning, I'm going to be going a little deeper. As I said, this is quite um, a lot of information, a lot of scripture. I, I thought it was going to take really long in the last session, but it went quite quickly. So I'll take my time a little bit more in this next session. You know, so I, I'm pretty sure we'll be done by two. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> if anyone tries to leave earlier, just lock the door. Don't worry, we'll feed your kids in the cafe. <clears throat> All right, let's go to Matthew 25, verse number one. We'll start there. The message this morning is entitled, The Fire of God, Part 2, Lamps of Fire. Lamps of Fire. And, and I, I feel it's important that I start here so that you can kind of get a, 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 a context before I get into symbolisms, Old Testament Scripture, what's going on in heaven, for you to understand why this is so important and where it comes from. Why, why are we talking about what we're going to be talking about? Matthew 25, verse number 1, Jesus shares this. It's, he says this, he says, Then the kingdom of heaven shall be likened to ten virgins who took their lamps and went out to meet the bridegroom. Now five of them were wise and five were foolish. Those who were foolish took their lamps and took no oil with them. The foolish ones, as you can see here, took no oil with them, but the wise took oil in their vessels with their lamps. So their vessels, their lamps were full of oil. But while the bridegroom was delayed, they all slumbered and slept. And at midnight, a cry was heard, Behold, the bridegroom is coming. Go out to meet him. Then all those virgins arose and trimmed their lamps. And the foolish said to the wise, Give us some of your oil, for our lamps are going out. I want you to see the lamps are going out. But the wise answered, saying, No, lest there should not be enough for us and you, but go rather to those who sell and buy for yourselves. And while they went to buy, the bridegroom came, and those who were ready went in with him to the wedding, and the door was shut. Afterwards, the other virgins came also, saying, Lord, Lord, open to us. But he answered and said, and this is very important, this next part. Assuredly, I say to you, I do not know you. I do not know you. Watch, therefore, for you know neither the day nor the hour in which the Son of Man is coming. The Son of Man is coming. And here we see a picture of these ten virgins. All of them have oil lamps. These oil lamps have to have oil in them. They have to keep that oil burning. At the top of the oil is a flame. That flame is obviously a fire, a little fire that's burning. But in order to keep that flame burning, you have to have oil in that lamp. Once the oil dries up in the lamp, then the fire goes out. Are you guys with me? It's interesting that the virgins, the woman that had no oil left in their lamps, we see Jesus say to them, I do not know you. So there was no oil, and, and, and his, his, his message to them was, I don't know you. So having no oil and Jesus not knowing you are related. You guys with me? I'm, I'm trying very hard to explain this as, as much as I can to make it easy to understand. And as we go on in this 
this morning's message, I believe it will all come together. But the most important thing that you understand here is that, is that number one, we are supposed to always have oil in our lamps. Number two, because if we don't have oil, the fire will go out. And if that happens, if there's no oil, no fire, the Lord says, I don't know you. So the big problem is the lack of relationship. Are you with me? It's the lack of relationship. Now, we'll come back to that. Now, in order for us to understand what God did when he set up the tabernacle, I want to first go to the book of Revelation and show you something that more than likely you've seen. As I said earlier, the book of Revelation is full of symbolism. That symbolism sometimes is hard to understand, but if you study Scripture, you can put it all together. So let's, let's do that, lay a little bit of a foundation, and hopefully you'll understand it fully and be strengthened and enriched and empowered this morning. Let's go to Revelation 1, verse number 4. Now we'll come back to the story of the ten virgins a little bit later on. Revelation 1, verse number 4. John, to the seven churches which are in Asia, grace to you and peace from him who is and who was and who is to come. And from the seven spirits who are before his throne. Now, I remember as a Bible school student, when I read this for the first time, I was like, but there's only one spirit. Lord, you, this is going to be hard. I, I have seven spirits. Like, I, I don't want to deal with seven spirits. I just want to deal with one spirit. Because I'm like, I, I didn't know that there were seven spirits. Are you guys with me? So it was really, like, it was pretty shocking to me that there's not one spirit, but there's seven spirits. But the reality is, and I'll show you this this morning, that there isn't seven spirits. There's one spirit. But he expresses and manifests in seven different ways through us. Okay? So when I read this the first time, I, I, I began to sort of get a little bit confused because I know there's symbolisms in Revelation. But I really wanted God to kind of make it a little bit more clear. And thankfully, even in Revelation, he begins to make it more clear. Let's take a look. So we know that there are seven spirits who are before his throne. Are you all with me? Now let's go to Revelation 4, verse number 5. Again, in the throne room, and from the throne, preceding lightnings, thunderings, and seven lamps of fire. So now we know that in the throne room there are seven lamps of fire which are burning before the throne. Now he's going to tell us what these seven lamps of fire are, which are the seven spirits of God. So the seven spirits of God is the seven lamps of fire burning in the throne room. Amen. Man, I want to be in heaven and see that lampstand, those seven lamps of fire. Now, obviously, when you think about this without going to the Old Testament, which we're going to do in a moment, it's, or it's you know, okay, seven spirits, seven spirits, seven lamps of fire. The lamps of fire are burning. You guys with me? 
But how does it work? And how can they be represented by one spirit, the Holy Spirit? Let's take a look. Let's go in our Bibles to Exodus 25, verse 31. You must remember when God established the tabernacle on earth, at the heart of the tabernacle was the Ark of the Covenant. On the Ark of the Covenant was the mercy seat where God's presence rested, resided on the mercy seat. Then there was a veil, and then in the holy place were several items that the priests had to do certain duties. But you must realize that when God did this and He set the tabernacle up, it was like almost representing the throne room of God. Are you guys with me? So what we see in the tabernacle are things that are represented in the throne room. I'm not going to do a whole teaching on the tabernacle. I'll do that one day. You guys, I think, will enjoy that. But I want to focus this morning on seven lamps of fire. And where do we see this in the tabernacle? Exodus 25, verse 31. I'm actually going to read the whole thing to you this morning. I didn't in the first service, but I think it'll be better in the second service to do this. So now the instruction about what to put in this tabernacle is being given to Moses. He says, you shall also make a lampstand of pure gold. The lampstand shall be of hammered work. Its shafts, its branches, its bowls, its ornamental knobs and flowers shall be of one piece. Everybody say one piece. So this whole lampstand was not allowed to be more than one piece. The whole object, the whole lampstand could only be one piece. This is important, okay? And six branches shall come out of its sides. Three branches of the lampstand out the one side and three branches of the lampstand on the other side. Three bowls shall be made like almond blossoms on one branch with an ornamental knob and a, and a flower. And three bowls made like almond blossoms on the other branch with an ornamental knob and a flower. And so for the sixth branch that comes out of the lampstand, and so for the sixth branch that comes out of the lampstand, on the lampstand itself, four bowls shall be made like almond blossoms, each with its ornamental knob and flower. And there shall be a knob under the first two branches of the same a knob under the second branches of the same, a knob under the third branches of the same, according to the six branches that extend from the lampstand. Their knobs and their branches shall be of one piece. Everybody say one piece. All of it shall be hammered. Hammered shall be, shall be one hammered piece of pure gold. You shall make seven lamps of it, and they shall arrange its lamps so that they give light in front of it, so they need to give light. Are you with me? And its wicker trims and trays shall be of pure gold, and it shall be made of a talent of pure gold with all these utensils. And see to it, you make them according to the pattern which was shown you on the mountain. It is extremely important to God that Moses follows the instruction perfectly. Number one, because there is a pattern in heaven that he's, he wants to bring onto earth your kingdom come. Come on, on earth as it is in heaven. Are you with me? This is a type and shadow in the Old Testament which becomes the, the reality in the New Testament. Now, can I ask somebody, please, if you could just pass me that lampstand. Thank you, Pastor John. 
<clears throat> so I have a lampstand here. I'm going to put it over here. So you, can you all see it? Not over there. I'll hold it up. So this is a lampstand. This is actually from Israel. It was a gift to me. And I'm very grateful for this gift. This lampstand represents the lampstand that we're speaking about here in the, in the Old Testament. That was God gave the instruction to have it made perfectly. Now, this may not be identical to the actual original one that was made, but it's very, very similar. One piece, pure gold. And this lampstand was on that was, was, was in, in the holy place, and there are seven bowls. It's not seven different lampstands. And God gives the instruction more than once that it all needs to be one piece because it represents one spirit. Are you with me? But there are seven bowls. Now, let's keep going. Because we need to, I need to explain to you some more about the historical significance and how it applies to our lives. Let's go to Leviticus 24, verse number 1, because he explains it here very, very simply, and it's easy for us to follow. Now, he's explained to make the lampstand, seven different bowls, what needs to happen. Then the Lord spoke to Moses, saying, Command the children of Israel that they bring to you pure oil, of pressed olives for the light to make the lampstands, watch this now, burn continually. The lampstand that was in the holy place was supposed to burn continually. The presence of God that was on the other side of this, in order for that presence to be there according to the order that God had instructed from heaven, this lampstand had to be there and the oil had to be fresh oil that was brought so that it could continually be burning. Not one of them, but all of them. Then he says in verse number three, outside the veil of the treasury in the tabernacle of meeting, Aaron shall be in charge of it from evening until morning before the Lord, continually. Everybody say continually. It shall be a statute forever. Everybody say forever. There are still priestly duties that need to be done today. How many of you know that you are a priest unto God? So we take on some of the priestly responsibilities. I'll explain that to you a little bit later too. Are you guys okay? Are you with me so far? So he says that it shall be a statute forever in your generations. He shall be in charge of the lamps on the pure gold lampstand before the Lord. And again, he says, continually. So what would happen was the priests would have to maintain this lampstand. They would constantly and continually have to make sure that there was enough fresh, pure pressed oil inside this lampstand to keep that pure fire that God had, had ignited these lampstands with burning. Are you guys with me? It had to be that pure oil and it had to constantly be burning. I remember as a young child, my grandmother was Greek Orthodox and she used to uh, have this little candle. It was actually a bowl. She'd have a bowl, and in it would be a glass. And then the glass would have water in it up to a certain point. And then she would put f 
pure olive oil on top of it, and there would be a little wicker inside it that would be a flame, and it would be in front of a picture of Jesus. And she had this, I remember we would walk down the passage where her bedroom was, and at the end of the passage going into the house was this little like windowsill, but it was not a windowsill, it was just in the wall. And she had this picture of Jesus and this little, this little glass there with this, with, this, with this oil. And I remember in the mornings when I would sleep over there, which was something I loved to do, I, would, I remember waking up and I would see my grandmother walking out of her bedroom with a, with, a, with a bottle of olive oil and she would walk and she would do this. She would go and she would do a cross and she would go, which means thank you, God. Praise be to God. She would repeat it over and over. Praise you, Lord. Thank you, God. And she would, she would honor the Lord and, and worship the Lord and she would check her oil. Every day she would check her oil to make sure that there was still enough oil to keep that little flame burning. And then she would take the oil and she would pour it into the glass. And I remember the oil going down and mixing with the water, but the pure olive oil would go right to the top and the water would be on the bottom. And it would, I would see her do this and, and I'm so glad I got to watch this happen because it's similar to this that the priests would go into the tabernacle and they would make sure that every day that this oil was fresh in here. Now, why is this so important? Because it represents the Spirit of God. It represents, it, re it represents God. It represents the way He operates, who He is. Are you with me? And the prophet Isaiah explains to us what these seven spirits represent and tells us that they will be expressed through Jesus. When Jesus leaves the earth and goes to be with the Father, that same Spirit now resides inside and upon you. Isn't that good news? All right. Now, stay with me. It's not seven different spirits. You don't have to do all kinds of different things to have the seven different expressions in your life. It's one Holy Spirit. And remember, the key with the virgins was one thing. I do not know you. Remember. So the relationship is the most important thing when it comes to God. Let's go to Isaiah 11 verse 2. The Spirit of the Lord shall rest upon him. Who's him? Jesus. The Spirit of wisdom and understanding. The, counsel, the Spirit of counsel and might, the spirit of knowledge, and the fear of the Lord. There are seven expressions of the spirit that would be in and on the life of Jesus. Seven different expressions. And I'm going to exp explain to you how they work in just a moment. The first one, which I've taught you, is it says the spirit of the Lord shall rest upon him. The spirit of the Lord is the one Holy Spirit. When the Spirit's expression of coming upon you is there, we know what it's for. I taught you this literally two weeks ago. Let's look at Luke 4, 18. The Spirit of the Lord is upon him, uh, is, is upon me. This is what Jesus says. The Spirit of the Lord is upon me. Why? Because he has anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. He has sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives and recovery of sight to the blind, to set at liberty those who are oppressed, 
So you need to understand that the first expression of the Spirit in the life of Jesus was that He was upon Him. And when the Spirit came upon Him, we know that Jesus went out and did all of those things. He preached the gospel. He healed the brokenhearted. He proclaimed liberty to the captives, recovery of sight to the blind, set at liberty those who are oppressed. Those things manifested in the life of Jesus. That's the one flame, the one bowl of the Spirit. Most menorahs or many menorahs, the, the very center one is slightly elevated. That's why the Lord's instruction was clear. Three on the, on the one side, three on the other side, and one in the middle. The Spirit of the Lord upon him. And once the Spirit of the Lord is upon him, now you will see the other expressions of the Spirit manifest in the life of Jesus. Please stay with me. Amen. All right. So he says, the Spirit of the Lord shall rest upon him. The Spirit of wisdom. The Spirit of wisdom. How many of you know that Jesus exercised great wisdom from heaven? Not only did he do miracles and perform signs and wonders, but he had a wisdom that could only come from the throne room of God. That wisdom was imparted to him by the Holy Spirit. That same wisdom in the life of a believer who has received and been empowered by the Holy Spirit will also be able to express the spirit of wisdom in their lives. Take a look. Ephesians 1, verse number 15. Ephesians 1, 15. Therefore I also, after I heard of your faith in the Lord Jesus and your love for all the saints, do not cease to give thanks to you, making mention of you in my prayers. He's talking to the church that the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ may give to you the spirit of wisdom. The spirit of wisdom. So the spirit of wisdom, the Holy Spirit, is an expression that can be released to you as a believer. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. All right. This is not a new concept. This is not a new thing. Because if you look at the Old Testament, Deuteronomy 34, verse 9, now Joshua, the son of Nun, was full of the spirit of wisdom wisdom. For Moses had laid his hands on him. So we see how the Spirit of God, when he moved, even in the Old Testament, there are glimpses and pictures of these different expressions of the seven flames of fire, or the seven lamps of fire, or the seven spirits of God. Meat. A little bit of meat today. All right. <laughs> so the first one is the spiritual rest upon him, the spirit of, then the spirit of wisdom. The next one is understanding. Understanding. How many of you know that when Jesus came on the earth, his understanding, the revelation that he had, was beyond anything we'd ever seen before? He was the Son of God, empowered by the spirit of understanding. That same understanding can be imparted to you. Watch this. Ephesians 1.18, that the eyes of your understanding being enlightened, that you may know what is the hope of the calling and what are the riches of the glory of the inheritance of the, of the saints. Are you with me? The eyes of your understanding being enlightened. Who enlightens your eyes? The Holy Spirit. Okay. Hallelujah. The next one is the spirit of counsel counsel. 
Isaiah 30 verse number one says, Woe to the rebellious children, says the Lord, who take counsel, but not of me, and who despise my, and, and, who, and who devise plans, but not of my spirit, that they may add sin to sin. But there is a spirit that gives counsel. Are you with me? And he is the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit will be your best friend. He will be your helper. The Bible tells us he will be your counselor. Counselor. Are you with me? The only reason why you have access to all of this is because of what Jesus did on the cross. The only reason why you have access and, and the, the spirit of counsel available to you when you need help. What should I do, Lord? When you're speaking to someone and all of a sudden you're like, man, where's this stuff coming from? I can't even, I don't even understand. You walk away from there and you're like, man, I am the man. That was impressive. I want you to know it has nothing to do with you, my friend. That's the spirit of counsel that can only come. All of this was always evident in the life of Jesus. That's why the prophet prophesied and made it clear that there were seven spirits of God that rested on him or seven flames or bowls of fire that came from the throne room of God that represent who he is and they would rest upon Jesus. The next one is might, might. Ephesians 3 verse 16 says that he may grant you according to the riches of his glory to be strengthened with might. How do we get that might? I'm so glad you're asking. Through his spirit, through his spirit in the inner man. So you see, yes, we see that it rested on Jesus, that it would be on Jesus. But Jesus also wanted it to be, or the spirit to be part, and part of our lives. Sometimes you need a boldness. Sometimes you need a might that you can't get on your own. Are you guys with me? But when the Holy Spirit comes upon you, all of a sudden you just get this courage that you don't even know where it came from. That's the, that's the spirit of might. That's the spirit of might. Let me read one more scripture. Acts, Acts 4 verse 31 says, And when they had prayed, the place which with which they were assembled was shaken and they were all filled with the Holy Spirit. Now watch, something happened to them after they were filled with the Spirit and they continued to speak the Word of God with freedom and everybody say boldness and courage. What was the difference? When they went into that room, they were shaken, they were perplexed because they were being persecuted. Now they're in the room, they're praying, they're in the face of God. What are they doing? Everybody say Relationship relationship. They're spending time with God again. They're in His presence again. The place is shaken. They are filled with the Holy Spirit. They get the Spirit of might upon them. That might that comes from the Holy Spirit comes upon them. They step out of there and boldly proclaim the gospel with courage and zeal and passion. But when they went into that upper room, they didn't feel that way. That's why, that's why you have to keep your oil fresh. That's why as a bowl of fire, as a flame of fire, you have to keep oil in your lamp, friend. You can't be like the foolish virgins. 
the foolish virgins that had no oil. You see, what happens is life throws challenges at you. Life throws things at you. And when those things happen, if you're filling up on the wrong thing, your lamp begins to empty and there's no more oil in that lamp. But when you get into the presence of God, He fills that lamp again with fresh oil from heaven. Oh, there's nothing like that oil. I know what that oil feels like, looks like. I can, I can practically smell it. I'm not even joking. There's something different about someone that's saturated by the presence of God. There's something different about an individual that has an intimate relationship with God. They smell like the throne room of God. They look like the throne room of God. The words that come out of the mouth are different. And that's why when Jesus walked the earth, no matter where he went, demons trembled. Even the earth cried out and praised him because there was something different about him. What was it once in heaven was now on earth. Come on, somebody, give the Lord a shout. You have that same Holy Spirit living on the inside of you. But not only does he give you boldness, the next expression, one of the flames, one of the lamps of fire is the spirit of knowledge. The spirit of knowledge. 1 Corinthians 2 verse 12 says, Now we have received not the spirit of this world, but the spirit that is from God. Why is this so important? Because only that spirit can do this, that we might know. Knowledge, knowledge that knowledge of the Father, knowledge of God. Know the things that have freely been given to us by God. Who's the one who reveals that to us? The Spirit, the Holy Spirit, the Spirit of knowledge. He gives us this knowledge. That's why when Jesus walked, He knew all things. He says to the woman at the well, he says, you have rightly said that you have no husband, for you have had five husbands, and the man that you're living with right now is not your husband. Let me tell you something, that knowledge, that, that word of knowledge that came to Jesus in that moment shook that woman to her core. There are things about God that you will never discover unless the Holy Spirit reveals them to you. And one of the most important things is knowing God and knowing you. Who are you? Why are you here? The only one that can truly reveal that to you is Him. Oh God, I want to know why you created me. Yes, I know it's to praise you. Yes, I know it's to worship you. Yes, I know, and that's good enough, Lord, but I know there's more. The next expression and the last expression is the fear of the Lord. The fear of the Lord. Isaiah 33, 6 says this, Wisdom and knowledge will be the stability of your times and strength of salvation. The fear of the Lord is His treasure. Proverbs 16, 6 says, In mercy and truth, atonement is provided for iniquity. And by the fear of the Lord, one departs from evil. How many of you want to live longer? Proverbs 10, verse 27 says, The fear of the Lord prolongs days but the years of the wicked will be shortened. Proverbs 3, 7 says, Do not be wise in your own eyes. Fear the Lord and depart from evil. 
God can only be revealed to you who He really is, His majesty, His might, His awesomeness by the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit will put the fear of the Lord in you, not like I'm afraid of God like because He's bad or wants to harm me, but you recognize that He is the maker The creator of all things holds the balance of life and death in his hands. He is sovereign. And only the Holy Spirit can really be the one who teaches you that. That's why you need every expression of the one Holy Spirit burning bright in your life. Now, what has this got to do with the virgins and everything? I've kind of jumped the gun already. So I think you have it. But let's go to Exodus 27 verse 20. Exodus 27, verse 20. And you shall command the children of Israel that they bring you pure oil of pressed olives for the light. What's it for? For the light. To cause the lamp to burn continually. In the Old Testament, they had to keep the lamps filled with oil so that in the tabernacle there would be light to be able to do the work of God. In your life, you are called to be the light. Let me show you. Let's go to John 8, 12. Jesus said these words. Then Jesus spoke to them again saying, I am the light of the world. He who follows me shall not walk in darkness, but have the light of life. That's where it begins. But once you, are encounter, once you encounter the Lord, once you are baptized with the Holy Spirit, once the fire falls on your life, you are not the same anymore. Matthew 5.14 says, you, yes, you are the light of the world. A city set on a hill cannot be hidden, nor do men light a lamp and put it under a peck measure, but on a lampstand, and it gives light to all in the house. Let your light so shine before men that they may see your moral excellence, your praiseworthy, noble, and good deeds, and recognize and honor and praise and glorify your Father who is in heaven. Listen, church. It all comes together. Seven lampstands, seven expressions of the Spirit, one Holy Spirit. You have one lampstand. You have one lamp in your life, just like those virgins. And the question you have to ask yourself, is your, is your oil lamp filled with oil or is it not? In the Old Testament, the priests had to go into the holy place and they had to go and do the work of the ministry with that light shining. And in order to do that, those oil lamps had to be filled. The purpose was for the presence of God, to honor and to worship Him. In the life of a believer, in order to keep your lamp filled with oil, you have to be in His presence. When you're in His presence, you are with Him. The word, the, the word is called anoint. God anoints you. With what? With His Holy Spirit. When He anoints you, He's rubbing. The word anoint means to rub. If I take an anointing oil or anointing cream and I rub it like this on you, it goes into you. It becomes part of you. That's what happens when you spend time with God. When you have, listen to me, not religion, not, not religion or, or rituals, but 
relationship and you spend time with God because you love Him and you know who He is and He's become your God and you serve Him. And you must remember, once you've encountered the Lord, you have passion, you have zeal, you have fire. It's like when you get saved and you encounter the Lord, He comes and He fills you with His oil from the Holy Spirit and He puts His fire on you. But now the fire is burning and you're going around and life begins to happen. And when life begins to happen, unless you go to the Lord to meet the need, the oil becomes a little less. Unless you, if your dependency becomes on other things, your oil becomes a little less. If, if all of a sudden you're no longer serving the Lord the way you used to and sin has begun to overtake you and things are just losing control and you've lost relationship, the oil becomes a little less. And that's why when the virgin stood before him, Jesus said to them, I do not know you. The key is relationship. The key is relationship. God has sent His Holy Spirit. Oh, Holy Spirit. He has sent His Holy Spirit, yes, to empower you. Yes, to equip you. Yes, to live inside you and change you. But also to be your best friend, to have an intimate relationship with Him. And when you go into the presence of God, whether it be worship or spending time in the Word, but when you make time and you go and do your priestly activities in the presence of God, your lamp is filled with oil and the fire of God that's burning in your life will never go out. So many Christians, so many Christians start with fire, with zeal, with passion. Everything's burning off them. The chaff is burning. The, the Spirit of the Lord comes upon them. They encounter the Lord. Man, you see the fire in their eyes. But it, all of a sudden, life begins to take, things happen, things go wrong, and they don't lean on the Lord, and they don't lean on the Lord. And all of a sudden, you see that fire is going out. That fire is going out. Sin puts the fire out. Not out, but it dwindles, it dwindles, it dwindles. How do we fix it? Go back into the holy place. Amen. Go back and, and, and be a priest unto God. Spend time in His presence. That's what He created, it for you, created you for. So that you could be a light. So that you could be a light in your household, in, in your business, wherever you go, you could shine that light. Jesus said, listen, don't hide it. People need to see it. And, and when it's really shining, when that light is really burning, listen, it will affect everything and everybody because they will see and know that you are different. When someone comes that has that light burning in their life, friends, you know. You know. They're different. They're different. So now you know what it means to have the seven lamps of fire, the one Holy Spirit, with all His expressions moving in your heart, you don't have to do seven different things to have those seven different things happen. No, you have to know Him. When they went to Jesus, they didn't say, Lord, our oil lamps, He just said these words, I don't know you. In the Bible, there's a story about, about these men that, that the Bible says, and Lord, Lord, did we not cast out demons in your name? Did we not prophesy in your name? And Jesus says the same thing. I did not know you. Don't do everything, but never get to him. Mary and Martha, the story of Mary and Martha. Martha, Martha is so busy in the kitchen doing all the work for the Lord, doing all the stuff, and it's wonderful. But Mary is sitting at his feet. And Jesus says, listen, 
I'm paraphrasing you. What you're doing is wonderful, but what she's doing will never be taken from her because it's the one thing that is needed. The one thing. May you always be burning flames of fire. And the root of that fire is the one Holy Spirit, which is the pure oil of heaven. And may it burn bright in each and every one of your lives from this day until the very day that you enter into eternity. Amen. Let's bow our heads. Father, tonight in this, tonight, this morning in this place, we are so grateful that you sent your son Jesus and the spirit of the Lord was upon him, that you anointed him, that you gave him knowledge and understanding and counsel and might and the fear of the Lord. Father, I thank you that when he went to the cross, he made a way for us where there seems to be no way. And you sent your spirit, Lord, to come and rest upon us so that we could walk not in our own might, not in our own strength, but in this might of yours. That the eyes of our understanding could be enlightened. That we would be able to know you. That we would walk in, in, in that we would be able to be filled with the spirit and go out and courageously and boldly proclaim the word, not by our own strength, but by yours. That we would be able to sit with people and words come from our heart that come straight from your throne room to just say exactly what's necessary, to give them the counsel needed, God. But in the midst of everything, I know that the most important thing, the one thing that really matters is our time with you. You have created us to be kings and priests unto our God. Let us come before you, Lord. You are, you have, you are the God of, of all creation. You have given us everything, Lord. And I'm so grateful. We are truly grateful this morning. Thank you, Holy Spirit, that you are still moving on the earth that you are still here right now. We honor you and we love you. In Jesus' name. Now, if I can ask, with eyes closed and head bowed, if you've come here this morning and maybe you used to serve the Lord or maybe you walked with the Lord before, but you, you feel like that lamp of fire has gone out or is going out, maybe life threw a curveball at you and, and because of that, you sort of started losing your passion and then all of a sudden you just stopped spending time with God, you've strayed from Him, you're not walking with Him the way you used to, and you can feel that, you're, that your fire is no longer really there. If you're here and you say, Pastor Alex, today I want to recommit my heart to Jesus. I want to come back to Him. I want my fire to burn again. Quickly slip your hand up so I can pray for you. God bless you. God bless you. God bless you. Anybody else say, Pastor, that's me. Include me this morning in that prayer. Quickly slip your hand up and I'll pray for you. God bless you, God bless you, God bless you, God bless you, God bless you. Thank you so much. I'm going to make another call, but if you still feel that's you, I want you to be included in this. If you've come here and maybe you've never made Jesus the Lord of your life, you cannot experience what it's like to have a relationship with God unless you do it through Jesus. There is no other way, guys. If you say, Pastor, this morning I want to give my life to Jesus. I want to make him the Lord of my life. Quickly slip your hand up and I'll include you in this prayer. Don't be afraid. 
There's a hand there. God bless you. If you say, that's me, Pastor. I'm tired of the world. I've tried so many different things, but today I want Jesus. I want to give my heart to Him. I want to burn for Him. Quickly slip your hand up, and I'll include you in that prayer. Amen. Amen. Now listen, if you raised your hand for any one of those calls, quickly stand for me. Quickly stand for me. Don't be afraid. Come on, church. Let's give them a big round of applause. God bless you, guys. God bless you. Come quickly to me. Come quickly. Come. Don't be afraid. Come, guys. Come. 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 Hallelujah. Just stand over there. Amen. Amen. Just come and stand right here. Amen. Amen. Hey, keep coming. Keep coming. Just stand right over here, young lady. Thank you so much. God bless you. God bless you. Amen. They're still coming. Come on, let's give them a round of applause. Amen. Amen. Guys, this is the most important decision you will ever make. This decision does not only affect your life now, but it affects your life for eternity. And so I, I, I challenge you this morning to take this very seriously. And we're going to pray a prayer. And I can see God is busy touching some of you already in a very powerful way. I just... We're going to pray together. Young lady, young lady, God is changing everything. I hear the voice of the Lord. I hear the Lord say to you that you have found your house. You have found your In this place, in this place, He says, everything that is in you that I've put in you, in this place, it will surely come to pass that all of it, all of it, all of who you are, everything I've created you to be, the Lord looks down at you, young lady, and He loves you so much. He loves you so much. And He's created you with such an incredible creativity, and many have not understood you. But God says, I understand you. I understand you. And I'm taking your heart this morning, and I'm going to give you a heart where others try to make your heart hard. God says, I'm going to take your heart and make it whole this morning. And I'm going to make... I'm going, to, I'm going to make you new. I'm going to refresh you and strengthen you today like never before. You've tried everything, but God says now you have found the truth. You have found the truth, and I will touch you and change you, and you will never be the same. Father, I thank you for these precious people here in, in the front this morning. Guys, let's all pray this prayer together, but you in the front, pray this from the bottom of your heart. Say, Father, I come to you today. I believe Jesus died and rose again. He is the Son of God. Forgive me for my sins. Wash me in your blood. Today I give my life to you. Today I give my heart to you. Now fill me, Holy Spirit, in the name of Jesus. Just touch her now, Lord. Touch her now, Father. A new beginning. A fresh start. Amen. Let them become lamps of fire, God, that will burn for you all the days of their life. In the name of Jesus, precious man. Fresh fire, Lord. Fresh fire. Hopelessness, no more.
No more. No more. God's going to renew things for you. You, you've, you've felt completely hopeless. God says no. No, he's going he's gonna to bless you. It looks totally dark, he says, but no, the light shines and I will, make you a, I will make you a flame of fire. He will make you a torchbearer. In Jesus' name, fill her up, Lord. Fill her up, Lord. Strengthen her this morning, God. Strengthen her this morning, Lord. You are so precious. Fill her up, Lord, in Jesus' name. You will be renewed and strengthened and courageous once again. In Jesus' name. Fill him, Lord. Strengthen him. In Jesus' name. In this little one, Lord. In the mighty name of Jesus, I give you thanks. Come on, church. Let's give the Lord a big clap. Amen. If you guys all look to your left over there, there's Pastor Alex. And behind you is someone that wants to pray with you and meet you. If you can just follow him out, Alex Davidson. And you're not allowed to call him Pastor Alex. Only I'm Pastor Alex. Off you go with him. Thank you. God bless you. God bless you guys. I don't even see these guys. I don't even see you. God bless you. God bless you. God bless you. Be strengthened in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Bless you. Bless you. Bless you guys. Bless you guys. In the name of Jesus. Listen, you've got someone really good behind you. She's my daughter. <laughs> Just follow them out. God bless you guys. Amen. Amen. Amen, guys. Amen. Let your light shine, guys. Get to, get to know Him. Spend time with Him. It's not religion. It's relationship. You know, if you, if you, if you say to yourself, you know, I'm going to get up this week and I'm going to pray every day, but maybe you miss one day, don't worry about it. Carry on. You know, how many of you have a real friend or family member or father or mother that you call regularly. If you miss a day or two, are they less your father? Are they less your parent or someone that you love? No. That's how it is with the Lord. Yes, we want to be disciplined and we want to exercise ourselves into discipline. I believe that. I, I know the power of it. I know how it, how it works. But if something happens, I'm not going to beat myself up and then stop praying because I thought that I've lost my way. That's what happens to so many Christians. Get back to relationship with Him, intimacy with Him. Father, in the name of Jesus, I release your people. And may they leave this place this morning, God, with fresh oil, with fresh fire and zeal that comes only from your throne room. And may, they, may their light shine, Lord, in their families and even in our city. And we will always give you all of the glory and honor and praise. Strengthen them, bless them in Jesus' name.